Illicil Chit Chats aims to make information accessible to everyone. The podcast transcripts are available on illicil.wordpress.com for the hearing impaired or if you prefer to read instead. Thank you for engaging. If you're hearing birds, then good morning. <laughs> buenos dias, buenos tardes, buenas noches. Dumelang. My name is Renes and I'm definitely growing into this. I haven't felt like this in ages. Usually I think, hmm, I'm on the verge of deleting this, but I'm so chipper. I almost don't want to go into today's topic, but if I could go back in time, I'd want the me of then to hear this. Because guess what, old Renes? You got through all the nonsense that was happening and there's still nonsense happening, but you handle it better now. I've never been the affirmations type of person. I'm speaking about those mantras that people say to get themselves out of the house or to motivate themselves. Or maybe they're like Mary Jane who has sticky notes everywhere in her house because it injects some positivity into her life. They didn't work for me. If I'm not getting out of the bed, I'm not getting out of bed. See you guys later. But I realized that it took Pinterest quotes to make me feel better, which are in fact affirmations. But deep down, I don't want to admit that technically that's what most of them are. Deep down, I feel like they offer me validation. That someone out there is feeling or thinking the same way that I am and I'm not being, well, crazy. And the cherry on top is that they're aesthetically pleasing. Once you enter the Pinterest world, um, I didn't have anything to add to that one. Pinterest is just, you know, a rainbow world with unicorns and basically what dreams consist of. A quote that is linked to today's topic is, Stop shrinking to fit into places you have outgrown. I don't know who said it, and I I really don't want to credit the wrong person, but thank you. Sincerely. Have you ever found yourself so upset about something that keeps happening to you? Each time is happening like the first time. Or maybe it hurts differently and you start to think back on how many times it has happened before and how it happened. Your feelings in that moment go from sad or hurt or disappointed to frustration. And then you just become infuriated because why does this keep happening? You may be thinking, haven't I healed yet? Because same shit, different day. I'm done apologizing. <laughs> Don't you wish you could just say that with less care? Okay, I'm used to it, but it doesn't hurt me anymore. The more that I think I'm getting there, the more peculiar I find myself. Because I've stopped crying and I've started laughing. I've stopped crying because the voice in my head reminds me that Did you've been here before? And bad as it may sound, as it has, maybe it will happen again. Am I going to keep crying? Or will I find better ways to handle it? And then I just laugh because I'm laughing out of frustration and I'm talking to myself. (laughs) Then you'll hear me singing Deepiri Deepiri Because I just want to protect my peace. Insert auto emoji. It's floating on its back, arms folded, and it's feeling like life is grand. To me, that's peace. 
You know that cross-legged yoga emoji? With that one, I feel like you're trying to find peace. And this order has surpassed that. I was watching Behind the Story with Pearl Tusi on BET, the second part of Kanyin Bao's interview. I saw such frustration in Pearl's face, and I felt that. Then she had this moment where she addressed how people equate her successes to her light skin and that it's something that she's been dealing with her whole life. I realized that it doesn't matter how old you are, there's some pain that will follow you into adulthood. Not because you're holding on to it, but because it feels like an albatross. So then Kanye said that Pearl should look at where she is in life. That is bigger than the problem. You should forget what happens in the past and focus on the moment. Very profound, right? But it's not that easy. I can't tell you how many times I'm still complaining about the same things and all answer I get is, people will always be people. Can it stop? I've even come to a point where I'm now after complaining, I get an, I'm sorry you're going through this and I'll answer back, well, people, brush it off, you know, shrug. And I'm wondering if that's not the problem itself. Things happen and you know that they're wrong, yet you don't address them. You know how they say what you allow will always happen. So you miss the root of the problem because you just soldier on without having dealt with it. And it comes back later in another form and yeah, same shit different day, but it affects you just as badly. You haven't assessed it, you haven't discussed. The cracks in the foundation deepen, eventually the house crumbles. In theory, it's fixable, but there are so many variables that perpetuate pain. I think that one of them is relying too much on your own thoughts. Your thoughts can mislead you. Just as you think you're fine, that random day will just come where you're down in the dumps and you don't even know why. And your thoughts are jumping from one thing to the next at high speeds. Another thing I think is that you do actually heal, but the scar stays. And scars are part of you, sure. You know how people chip away at paint. People will continue to scratch at your scar until, you know, the healing process stops or it's reversed. And I don't like to think that there are evil people in that sense. As I said, people are people. The first thing you think about is you. And if you don't like what you see, you'll destroy something else so that you can feel better about yourself. That does affect me at the end of the day because something is constantly reminding me of the past. It's not that I'm going back. Something pulls me back. And I feel the same way as I did when it all started and for some reason it might even hurt more. So how do I move on if history repeats itself? In all honesty, I always get upset. I'm not someone who likes change and it affects me to the point of regret or regressing because I don't know how to move forward and I'm still trying to figure out what is what. But life is so fast. <laughs> so sometimes I look at myself and me, I, I invalidate my own feelings. Why am I always in this space? Why can't I be one, two, three? Why can't I handle situations better? And after being so upset, I become numb. And I always ask myself, why did I let this affect me so much? Because, you know, you, you get that. Now I'm mad at the fact that I was upset. <laughs> 
I'm supposed to have outgrown feeling like my teenage self, you know, inadequate or something. But I'm a decade older and worrying about the same things as back then that I most probably know are not true. I forget that outgrowing places where you don't fit. That's not forgetting where you came from. That's not forgetting the past. It's acknowledging the past, its experiences, what you learned from it, and how it offered you growth. Having healed is how you take what happens to you now. Acknowledge and affirm your feelings because it's okay to be hurt about that thing that happens for the millionth time. But trying to find ways to cope and grow even more. But again, it's not as easy for everyone. Sometimes your brain doesn't allow you to just be. And there's nothing wrong with you. There are people who are still up in the AMs and thinking. But what you do with it determines your growth. Well, I'm just thinking about adults. Real adults. Not us who are trying to figure out adulting. Have you noticed that some people glow at 40 and upwards? And not to say that they don't have problems. I cannot wait to reach that age and feel like all of this growing up business is semi behind me and I've managed to shut my brain because I've mastered the art of sleeping at 9pm. Or you know, maybe maybe kids, you know, being a kid and nodding off in the chair during dinner time. Hashtag sigh. <laughs> this week's shout out goes to... She's a trained visual artist, playwright, director, actor, and poet. Multi, multi-talented. She's performed in multiple productions at the South African State Theatre under Youth and Trust Organization as a student of the National Theatre and Film Academy. In November 2018, she staged her own play, Colored, which she wrote and directed. Matepo is also the founder of She Unshackles. This is a non-profit organization that focuses on the youth using drama and theater methodologies to spark and engage in uncensored intergenerational conversations with an aim to divest barriers, invest knowledge, and harvest potential among young people, especially in townships. She believes in theater, visual arts, and any form of storytelling being therapeutic because it possesses the ability to heal and gives an audience an experience of their own. A young woman who's a real inspiration, a role model. She's an award winner. She was the 2013 winner of the National Library Week essay competition in the visual arts category. In 2019, she was awarded with the True Shine Award by the organization Every Girl Has a Dream, which honors women from around South Africa for their dedication towards bringing positive change in our communities. Matapa also went on to be honored as a young ambassador in 2020 with the Women of Statue Award. Matapo is a walking ray of sunshine and positivity and care. One word to describe herself? Authenticity. Because it is the greatest revolutionary act. Do not shy away at being yourself, she says, because there is no one else like you in this world. And that is your superpower. Follow Matapo on Instagram at matsepo.r and the NPO that she founded at She Unshackles for that all-round positivity and empowerment and to find out all about their mission. If you love visual art and all things art, you can follow at Creative Crescent to see Matsepo's art.
This week on The Audience Perspective. Today I watched Five Fingers from Maselli for the first time. <gasps> Gasp! I really hope I pronounced that right. So watching Five Fingers made me realize two things. One, I love language in its purest form. I live in Pretoria, so it's a rarity to find some, you know, someone speaking their home language fluently. We're so colorful here and it's very easy to assimilate, but most of us just talk English and the thing that's universally so. But hearing Sesotho, wow. I love my language, Betty Girl and Proud, but Sesotho is such a beautiful language. Every language in its purest form. And when spoken very fluently with its dialects and rhythms, it's just wow. Second, I really miss watching films in the theater. I miss 5.1 surround sound and the music especially. Hearing somber music or dramatic music during certain scenes. You can't emulate that experience at home unless of course you do have speakers placed at the right places and it's loud enough. But still, that experience will never be the same. And that eventually had me thinking about what has changed. Most of my weekends were spent in movie theaters when I was in high school. I still have my old movie tickets from then. But I guess as time went, it became more expensive and streaming and box office was a thing. I didn't want to, but it served me better economically to pay 25 rand at the time to watch films. I obviously didn't like it because FOMO. Also waiting for a film the moment that you find out about it is already torture enough. Imagine people raving about it and you still have to wait until it comes on box office. I can't even imagine if you don't have the luxury of doing that either. Well I can. I also grew up without DSTV, but <laughs> you know, I don't really remember that. So yes, streaming comes along, Netflix, Showmax, there's now the luxury of not waiting at all. How lucky. But still it doesn't beat the cinema experience. So in light of Letters of Hope premiering on box office tomorrow the 23rd of October 2020, I wanted to know how this affects our film industry and the people that had their mindset on cinema instead of streaming. Because as a filmmaker, your goal isn't to stream. Let's be real. Your goal is to have your film on the big screen. You know, sound all around, pulling people in, and all that wonder and escape because that's how we grew up, with that form of film. How does it affect you as a filmmaker? Personally, I think the marketing is great, especially for South African productions. It just pushes things up a notch, you know. People now know more of productions that are coming up. They're accessible. They're way cheaper than you paying petrol or climbing a taxi or an Uber or Bolt to go watch a film. And then you have to buy a ticket depending on which mall it is. It might be expensive. Not to forget the combo that's waiting for you at the popcorn counter economically like it just makes sense for you as the viewer but is it a pro for the art a lot of things are digital these days and yes this makes it more accessible to many people at some point watching films was like a big luxury it's still considered a luxury elsewhere but going to the movies watching the brand new film that used to be 
Wow, man. Movie dates, guys. Yo, high school. <laughs> that was the date. Now that I think about it, dinner and a movie. Is that a thing anymore? But anyway, I guess what I'm trying to inquire is the fact that the digital world has made it easier for us to showcase our work as filmmakers, has made it easier to become a filmmaker. No, or rather you're born a filmmaker, but it's somewhat easier to actually get your work out there. But at the back of your mind, do you not feel nostalgic? Do you not consider all films to be made for TV in a sense? You know how we had cinema and then we had made for TV movies? Or have you made peace and accepted that the film industry continues to change? And what happens to the art as we used to know it and that exclusivity? You know, films being the great Gatsby world. I love film. I love series. I love storytelling in general. So obviously, I'm I'm for more people seeing and more people being in reach and hearing what others have to say. Film touched my life in that I learned things about myself through stories because it had to do with the human condition. But on the other hand, me going to the movie theater every second weekend was also for the experience. I don't know what the future holds, but more than anything in the world, if ever it happens that I do make movies, at least one of them I want to experience in a theater and feel the wonder that I did when I fell in love with this medium of storytelling. So the streaming side of things is something that I hope to explore sometime soon. I consulted a friend of mine who had done some research into going that path and he had interesting things to say. So I'd very much like to play you a voice note of what was said and his take on the film business going that route, but you know, it's always better to have the conversation, right? What are your thoughts on this streaming film situation? What do you prefer? Are there any pros, like any more pros and cons regarding streaming versus the cinema? And if you're a filmmaker, how does this influence your vision? So, what has been premiering on box office and what's coming up? Rikwastad. It is based on a true crime novel by Jock Stienkamp. The movie follows Detective Colonel Dick Deval, who investigates the 2012 murders of a family on their farm near Rikwastad in the Northern Cape. Family secrets and all that drama. Ooh, no spoilers here. Then there was Rogue. So Rogue is a South African and American co-production that stars Megan Fox as a mercenary whose team gets trapped in Africa. The way I have a problem with in Africa. Have you seen how big is Africa? That's a topic for another day. Here we're dealing with soldiers that are hunted by a lioness. Stum. Stum has been on box office for a while now. It's about the lives of five completely different characters and how they are interlinked. It's a choral narrative of these interlinked lives that are set in Cape Town. This is by the team that brought us in Leba, so please remember to catch it before it expires. And last but not least... And I mentioned it again so that you don't forget. Letters of Hope is premiering tomorrow, 23rd of October, on box office. It follows 16-year-old Jeremiah who wants to be a policeman. That's a dream, right? 
but he does not understand why his father wants him to follow in his footsteps and become a postman instead. After the father's death, truths are revealed and Jeremiah becomes disillusioned in his coming-of-age story. It's 45 grand to rent the cinema release films, which is a plus point any day. So don't sleep on it. Support our local artists. We are closer to mid-season and I'm having a blast. To be honest, doing this feels so good. To be having this commitment and to be having these conversations with you guys. So, I'll never stop thanking you for listening. That said, the socials are in the description. If you want more or would like to talk, anytime is go time. Please like, comment, subscribe, leave a review or a couple of stars on Apple Podcasts and I'll be forever grateful. I'm already super grateful to you and for you as a fellow human being. I hope you had an amazing week. Tomorrow's Friday, so yay! I could have said Friday, but yay anyway. <laughs> have a good and safe week. Find your peace, protect it. Spread love and positivity, but most importantly, take care of yourself, Seeds. <laughs>